This is the Traxxas Sector Warcast, a podcast about Warhammer 40k Conquest, the living card game from Fantasy Flight Games. Your hosts are Tobin Lopez, John King, and Carl Anderton. Episode 14, I am the very model of a modern major ripper swarm. All right, welcome. This is the Traxxas Sector Warcast. Uh, my name is Tobin Lopez. I'm John King. And I'm Carl Anderton. Uh, what are we doing today, John? Holy moly, we're back. We three haven't been together for a while, but it doesn't mean we weren't doing anything. Gen Con, Tyranids, traveling, the waning days of summer means one thing. Back to school time. We're also talking about everything we've learned over the last month from National and from what Nationals was like. What Tyranids do, which is many fun things, by the way, and t- some time on relevant lore. John and I uh, went to Gen Con. It was a blast. Yes. Um, yeah, that's... I, 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 yeah. I'm kind of like, okay, where do I start now, right? Uh, So the first day we arrive, and uh, Brad Andrews is there, and some of the other FFG guys, Ian Birdsell, Stu Wilson, Stuart Wilson, they're they're all there, and we're hanging out, and we're excited, we're, we're, and and I get in line, and I don't see any, they're handing out these tickets for X-Wing, because X-Wing is registering, X-Wing National Service. I'm like, oh, well, they'll hand out tickets for Great Devourer. They didn't, but then I talked to Brad, and he's like, there's been plenty of copies for everybody. So now I know that there's a limited number, but plentiful number of copies of the Great Devourer sitting there at the FFG shop. So we start playing Conquest. I played, um, uh, I played Cato Scarius. I, I won my first game, maybe won my second. I can't remember now. Anyways, I was... I was uh, one and two after three. And after that third round, my buddy comes up to me, Ben Bonador. He's a local Denver guy, and he was at Gen Con 2, and he'd gone and stand, stood in line. So by this time, it's you know noon, one o'clock. He sits down, and he hands over a ticket for Data and Destiny, which if you play Netrunner, Data and Destiny is the deluxe expansion that will be coming out hitting stores in like maybe two months, right? So... Oh my God! So I'm sitting. So now I. So now I have. I've lost two games of. Th- I've lost two of three games in Conquest. I'm sitting here thinking the Great Devourer is waiting for me over there. Oh, and now I have a ticket for Data and Destiny. <laughs> and now I, and there's Old Hollywood is. Oh, not Old Hollywood, but Universe of Tomorrow, which yep. is another data pack for Netrunner. So now all these cars. Well, they are had old. They had hold up. Had old Hollywood, but it sold yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. They they didn't have Maybe. as much wow. as uh, much old Hollywood as they had Universe of Tomorrow. So I'm sitting here and I'm like, okay, I'll keep playing as long as I until I lose, and then I'm gonna go get cards because cards are screaming at me. So I played a couple more games, won one, lost one. Uh, there were good games. I had fun. Played Kith a couple of times. Kith, I beat Kith once, uh, thanks to an area. Of, uh, I had a tactical squad card in this in play, and I managed to keep him free of damage. Right, so that because he really wanted to play his war leader, his yeah. Claymax war leader, and he, John will tell you a story about that. Oh. So <laughs> he really wanted to play his Claymax, and I kept shielding for, oh, no, keep him free of damage. And then finally, when I figured, okay, I've, I've, you know, put him through the grinder enough, he got the damage of one of them. But I cleared the board with, I had a second one in play, so uh, it was fun. It was great. I had for those of you who've watched our videos, our latest video, you might know. While I was talking to Brad, I handed him. I said, "Hey, I have some planets. I'd like you to sign. Could you do that for me?" And he's like, "Sure. Can I doodle? Can I doodle on them?" And I went, we "Sure." Go. 
So I handed him 20 planets. Like, and, and, and a while ba a while later, oh, I, maybe I asked him to do that during Netrunner. Yeah, because he was supposed to be judging Netrunner. He's played like six games of Netrunner, so he can't judge Netrunner for, for all the teams. <laughs> oh, okay. Giant, right? I'll tell you, Ixnay, don't, 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 <laughs> don't, don't, don't rat Brad out here. I was going to say, We love you, Brad. <laughs> Luke ex knows exactly what he was doing. <laughs> so so Brad uh, signed my planets and doodled on a set of planets. So yeah, they're all pretty funny. Cool little stuff. Pretty so, funny. That's great. Uh, that was great. Brad was great. Uh, all of AFG was great. We had uh, a wonderful time. We have a new national champion. Pearson Payne came out as the winner, playing Eldroth. So he uh, he showed him what what for. It was it was great to see. We had I think there was a Nasdrag in the top sixteen. There was some. Didn't he get all the way to the not, top the, eight? Maybe even got. To, yeah, I think yeah. he did get to the top eight. I think Nasdrag did get to the top eight. So that's Brad was that's very great. excited about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. We had a pretty diverse field. Uh, more diverse than it was at last year's Worlds with 10 out of 16 well, being Kiff. Six, six, day, six, six um, expansion packs later. Exactly. Yeah. Five, six whatever. expansion six packs later. Yeah, you know, that's going to be the case. More experienced yeah. people, people having played with those Warlords before and knowing how to play them. So we have that. Congratulations to Pearson. It was a great time. I, I, had, I had a wonderful time at Gen Con. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Be going I've, any chance I can. I've got a kind of Gen Con question you're going to mention in a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From the guy get along. With you two guys turning up as two of the guys from the um, Conquest podcast, was the reaction to you two different than you might have expected? You know, you turned up before as, hi, I'm the player. Then you turn and go, hi, I'm the guy you may have heard of. You, know, yeah. well, <laughs> you, may, you may have heard me on podcasts such as... So, <laughs> in the first round, John played... Liz Millett of, of the Tactical Squad. So, <laughs> hi, Liz. <laughs> it was great. Go. It was great meeting you. It was wonderful. It was actually, yeah, we we there were a, a number of people there from from uh, different. Uh, Liz was there from Tactical Squad. I think, uh, unfortunately, I didn't get to meet him. The uh, guys, a number of people that did, did have YouTube channels. Liz was the only one that I matched up with that had uh, any any kind of podcast or or, t or youtube videos or anything going on yeah but uh met a lot of great people liz wow yeah it, it was it was a great game it was probably my best game of the day i lost liz <laughs> we went down to planet six i think and it was going to go either way it was a winning planet for both of us and, oh wow very and cool she got it yeah and she's like she was telling me the, the first game's not supposed to be this stressful i said ah, well you know after this it's all good right <laughs> um i ended up going four and three um, I, I took Torquemada, Cotez, um, and went with orcs and staging ground to do more, a lot more assassination, and it didn't click the way I thought it would. It really, it really, I really felt it didn't click the way it had before. I, I, I thought staging ground was pretty important, so I had three of them in the deck, and I realized I should have gone with two because every time I had another staging ground, I really wished it was. Something else. Another <laughs> unit, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It's hard to play because you because yeah. you want that staging run. Like I played a Cotez. I have a Cotez mm -hmm. deck too, because of the game we played, where you right. just basically so much damage it was amazing. So I built a deck, and yeah, I I had three strange guns in it a couple times, and just like you're like, even the second one, if you mm -hmm. you want one in play, right, right. So the drawing the second one is not a big deal, but but. Drawing that third one, drawing really the sucks. third one is a little rough, right? <laughs> so, so and with Cotez starting with eight and the command, you are trying to draw cards with him, right? Your strategy right. is to draw cards. So I've gone down to two, and so yeah, I, I think I think uh, where 
my deck fell a little short as I was doing a little my focus was a little too spread I had a little for this and a little for this and then oh then I'll have I'll have I was gonna go for warlord assassination and it, it might have worked differently um, in the fact that both I had two games both losses where I let them trigger the planet that heals the warlord right uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah. I, I just didn't have enough yeah. oomph to get it to, to finish yeah. it out there it's a, it, that's a kicker in assassination right? yeah so so uh, I mean if I had won those if I had won those two games it might have gone differently but yeah uh, clavex warleader I was actually uh, Tobin and I did a, a couple of interviews with uh, Mitch from the, the Hive Tyrant, and I was talking with Mitch about, uh, he, he was saying one of the great things about game, and this is, I agree with this, is all the math and everything you're thinking of and everything you're trying to keep track of, that even experienced players are going to get lo- lose something. And I related the, tra- the Clavex War Leader. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The whole, my last game, and I think I matched up against the Kith player who I think he might have been going into the top 16. Really strong deck. It's like, okay, I'm playing Kith. Got to watch out for the Clavix War Leader. Got to watch out for the Clavix War Leader. Got to watch out for the Clavix War Leader. Mantra in your head. Yes, yeah. that's, going, that's going from before Where's we even in? start deploying stuff at the first planet. Um, I end up getting an Assault Valkyrie out a couple turns later, all this kind of stuff. It's coming down to the last planet, the fifth planet, which is a, a win condition for both of us. And I'm beginning to do all the math and thinking about this and getting there. Or actually, no, I'm sorry. This, w- this was my fourth game, not my last game. My last game was a great game against a Kugath player. So I'm sitting there. I'm doing the math, doing all this thing. And he does, like, one friggin' range paying onto my assault Valkyrie. And I'm doing the math. And I'm looking at this, looking at this. Like, okay, everything here, I can do this. I'll take it. And as soon as I take it, I went, son of a bitch. <laughs> yep. Sure yep. enough, four, yep. four resources, Clavex War Leader slaps the table, and I'm like, God damn it, John! So, you know, and so, I mean, I didn't scream that, but, but, but that's did. what I, that's, but yeah, but that's what I'm thinking, and I'm pretty sure the look on my face, he kind of realized, because he was probably about half my size, like, did I just make a wonderful tactical play, but a horrible real-life play, and this guy might come across the table? Say, sorry, sorry. So, so. One dummy to the Valkyrie, Clavex War Leader, headbutt. <laughs> yeah. um, so, please, I, I'm sorry, 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 I don't remember your name, but if I did scare you, I didn't mean to. Uh, because, I, you know, I'm reminding myself from the beginning, and then I forget about it. It's like, oh, when, it right, when it comes right and, down to and it. And without yeah. the Valkyrie, I, with the Valkyrie, I think I, I thought I had enough to win the planet. So you could have shielded the Valkyrie. Yeah, I had, I had, I had three plan, shield you're, cards. You're looking in my at your hand. I would have right? wasted, I, I had three, two shield cards in my hand. Yeah, so and that's what the decision was. If, it was, I had a, if I had a one shield card in my hand, I would have yeah. put it out there, no I'll, problem. I think, that's, I think that's actually a meta call on his part. Dealing two, he'll shield it. Dealing one, he'll think about it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, yeah, he'll I mean, think I did. about I, it. I felt, you know? I felt for yeah. it. And uh, the last game, Kugoth, um, I bloodied him, and we went to the pl- last planet. And we were going to hammer tongs, and I did five, and I got five points of damage on him. And then the guy's like, "Okay, well, I'll attack." Like, he's a two five. He's got his attachment. He's got his banner. Yeah. Plus one hit point. Like, oh, oh. seriously. <laughs> so really, three of my losses. I should have won. <laughs> I should be in the national champions. <laughs> you, were, you were robbed. You could have been a contender, etc., etc. I, I, I am. I am. I'm saying, Liz. I'm saying my you only legitimate loss was to you. Wrong. That's what I'm saying. Well, I played. No. Yeah, I played five rounds because I went. I went. I was two. I came out of round three. I was one and two. And like I said, once I lost. I was gonna go get cards, mm. so <laughs> I went. I won my next one, 
So, and then I'm like, oh, man, I was yeah, <laughs> hoping to lose that so I could just go, yeah. right? Because uh, I, I have to admit that the one piece of advice that I give people for Netrunner is play the decks that you're comfortable with, play the decks that you know, play the decks that you enjoy. Hopefully those are all, that's all the same deck or the same pair of decks in Netrunner's case. Uh, what was holding me back was I played Kato, which was a deck I knew and a deck I could play, but it wasn't a deck I particularly enjoyed playing. So it was okay. When the deck worked, it was okay. But I wasn't gaining a lot. Of, I wasn't like feeling a lot of prestige or, or pride about this. It was just kind of a deck, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if I had been playing Nasdrag, I probably would have played all seven rounds and been good with it. Like, yeah, I'm playing Nasdrag. I'm just beating people up. But I didn't. I lost my fifth game. So I went two and three. And I went, okay, I'm going to go get cards. And I stood in, in line at FFG for... Uh, like 57 minutes before I broke into their into their store on on, wow. on the floor. That, that's probably less and time than I expected, it, to be honest. It was <laughs> that last like 15 minutes was the hardest was some <laughs> of the hardest 15 minutes of my life. You're not moving at all because it's all based on people leaving the area and then people, them letting you in, right? So it's you're just sometimes you'll just whoop, you'll shoot up four or five space four or five feet. You know, six or seven feet, boom, 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 and then I hung out there at the be- like at the within five feet of the door, right? Five feet of being the next person for probably ten minutes. So, and I was like, so this, this is someone who hasn't ne- never been. This is like a Disney ride, but the Disney ride is the store which you can browse, <laughs> essentially. So you wait to for get the on. the most part, yeah. yeah so you, then, for the then most you go part, FFG, like because they're so popular, because they have so much, they have to handle that line. And there's a couple of lines in other places, but like Gale Force Nine, right? Gale Force Nine does the Fire Flag games mm-hmm. so i uh having been last year i was like okay gale force 9 probably won't sell out of some of their stuff so i'm gonna go to ffg get that stuff get it i get out got out i i bought uh, a ton of stuff uh, from F- fantasy flight got out walked over to gale force 9 i said can i get this that the other thing and they said here 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 okay and it paid and i was out i, I was through the gale force 9 process and in, in seven minutes the longest it took was waiting for the guy in front of me who was buying like, and I'm not kidding you, 20 items, to, to tally up his stuff. Right. So wow. Uh, it took me longer to it took me longer waiting on on the guy in front of me than anything else. And I, I think I handled it handled the FFG stuff very well. I sent Tobin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course. yeah. I, I actually, <laughs> Tobin was nice enough to bring me a copy of Great Devourer. He's like, here, yeah. you know, and I so paid him back for that, so I didn't have to stand and do all that line. So. You, 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 you got to play. Yeah, yeah I got play. to play. Right. You, you can cut this out. Like, I, I quietly approached you to and realized it was late approaching Gen Con in the front of, like, can you get me stuff? No, oh, okay. No, no, <laughs> you, could, you, you could totally yeah. reach out, man. I uh, <laughs> Shout out to Jason Wallace. I, with, I had... I, I spent a lot of money at FFG, and I spent getting I spent getting a lot of di- different things at FFG. So unfortunately, I forgot getting Jason a copy of the Great Devourer. They had plenty of them. <laughs> I was uh, I was like worried. I saw it on the shelf. But there's all three copies. I'm like, oh, I better grab just two. I grabbed two, and I put it in my bag, and I'm walking to to checkout, and the checkout passes by a floor display that has at least 200 copies of the Great Devourer. <laughs> And I'm like, oh, I guess they didn't run out. <laughs> and I didn't get the third one for Jason, so sorry to Jason for that. But, um, you know, we we hung out, Liz and, and John and I hung out and talked. It was great to great to uh, pick her brain about her thoughts on the game, uh, her thoughts on podcasting. We, we shared a lot of those 
uh, stories. It was good to meet them. Um, I, I did my last game that I played, or the maybe the fourth game that I played, a uh, gentleman from the Philippines, and I forget his name, a uh, gentleman from the Philippines. Uh, I said, yeah, you know, he's from the Philippines, so we talked about that a little bit. I asked him if he listened to any podcasts. He says, yeah. Um, and he, it was I, he was particularly happy that he, he said, I think he said, I listened to one. And he was kind of hesitant to share which one he should he, he listen to. And then I told him, well, I'm the Texas Sector Warcast. It's oh, okay. And he brightened up. He's like, okay, great. You know, so he was excited. Um, but you realize he did that with everybody. I only listen maybe, to one. Maybe, yeah, maybe. And I'm sorry that we forget everybody's names, but one of the things at the tournaments they talk about it, you know, you can't take notes. And one of the things they, they were doing this year at Gen Con with Nationals, and this is in Netrunner and in Great Devourer, they were going, there was not going to be any leeway when yeah. it came to rules yeah. violations. Yeah, they're testing out their floor rules. So they yeah. were, so those of yeah. you who are interested in organized play, uh, judges, that whole deal, um, they, uh, Ian Birdsell and all the OP guys and the judges, they were trying out, they have this set of floor rules that they, that, they have in kind of beta stage, what we call it. So they were running nationals, all the nationals tournaments with those floor rules in place. <clears throat> and that's how they were dealing with it. And so to gain some experience with it and um, talking to Ian Birdsell, he, the, the plan is, and this of course may change, but the plan is to have those floor rules in place uh, and maybe even publicized. I'm not sure about that, but have those floor rules in place um, again for Worlds, so Conquest, X-Wing, and, and at least with Netrunner and X-Wing. Um, the judges program will roll out soon, whatever that means. There's no time, that time and date stamped to that. So the judges program will roll out for Netrunner and X-Wing first, um, and then they'll migrate it, they'll, they'll roll it out, expand it to the, to the other games. So for those of you who are interested in that kind of thing, uh, look out for that. I don't know if they're going to be taking volunteers or just picking people you know from the community I, I have no idea how that happened we didn't get into that he didn't want to share that and that's perfectly fine so uh, but you know keep an eye out for that um, what else happened we played a lot of games yeah played Netrunner played Conquest um, we talked a lot about Conquest and the Warhammer universe and Liz and Brad and I and uh, another local Doug friend of mine we all went to lunch and Warhammer and conquest and design was was the topic of the day and it was great to share those experiences with those folks Since Gen Con has happened and I checked the website this morning Unfortunately great devourer has not moved to shipping to distributors yet darn it. I want everybody else to have the experience but they did announce uh, What was called? What lurks below? Oh, yes, of course. the next uh, planet fall cycle pack war pack so what falls, what lurks below follows Decree of Ruin, which is the first one, Boundless Hate, and Deadly Salvage. Mm -hmm. So what lurks below is has a Tyranid Warlord as its feature warlord. Uh, Gene Stealer specifically. Yep. Gene Stealer Omega 62113. <laughs> yeah, subject to Omega, yes. <laughs> it's, uh, and for those of you who are on Twitter, you might have seen uh, Brad Andrews respond. Uh, 62113 happens to be his, the date of his wedding. So that's why that number. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> so, now, uh, so he's immortalized his his wedding uh, in a car as, <laughs> as, as the code number of a, of a horrifying infectious beast. Uh, yes, Brad, exactly. You might want to might want to rethink the connection there, sir, or admitting I to that. Know. I was going to say. You know. No, no I was about to, that, that's truly. 
<laughs> you know, all 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 the I would say everybody everybody who's involved in the game and plays these things, and you know, we're we're all you know nerds, geeks, whatever you want to call us, but uh, we we all have our particular things. But my first reaction when he said that was. Oh man, that's awesome! Like, look, honey, look what I did. You know, I've I've I've, I've immortalized this. You know, our, our wedding date. And then Carl kind of goes, I, "I think you, I think you took the other side of it, going, oh, of an infectious, horrible." I was going to say, I I, I, I I used our wedding date as part of the name for a monster, which is um, renowned for infiltrating a um, a culture, implanting implanting a genetic seed in another creature, and slowly changing everything else into things like itself. <laughs> <laughs> Forming so, a cult around it. Hey, that's our anniversary. Happy anniversary. So, 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 so she might point that out to Brad and Brad goes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm not gonna. I'm, I'm gonna let you say that, but you know. So one of uh, so, us. Yeah, one of what us. looks below was announced, and, and uh, the art is uh, again. The art just keeps getting better on these on these things. Um, John and I played some Tyranids. Uh, at Gen Con, we played that night. I, I, I kept saying, "Okay, man, you got to build a Tyranus deck." We didn't have we didn't have our full set, so we were basically playing with cards from the Great Devourer and nothing else. No, right? the, the yeah. only thing you can throw in are just the neutrals that you know, no neutral units either. Right. Promethea mine or some of the neutral events. Events promotion. Promotion. <laughs> I, I find it funny that you can promote a, a, like a, some Termigant token. Some token, yeah. Like, oh, oh. my god. I, well, maybe I don't know. Termigants, you can put attachments on them, but. I don't know if promotion might limit itself to an army unit, but anyways, yeah, oh, you okay. can you can put a promotion on a on a on a spore, <laughs> right? <laughs> so uh, John and I played a game, and he sorry, <laughs> sorry. sorry. Head, of, head, of, head of our head of our recon division is Sergeant Spore. <laughs> <laughs> no, he was I thought he was Corporal Spore. Yeah, <laughs> he got promoted until yesterday. <laughs> he farted on the right people. We right? blew up the previous Sergeant Spore to infest the planet, so now Corporal Spore became Sergeant. Corporal Spore, you're up. Oh, they pr we promote you, Spore Man. Um, so, uh, so yeah, you can promote a Spore. <laughs> now, um, in the game that you and I played, that was fun. I had Termigant tokens maxed out on turn three. <laughs> yeah. uh, since then, I've actually managed to max still out only Termigant. ten. By yeah, the way, still, still only ten. ten. Exactly I've, I've I've actually managed to max out Termigant tokens like four times. Once at the end of turn one, I had ten tokens out. In, in other games, right? So I have to look at, at this. The start. Yeah, it's insane. Work. Well, I was playing with one of the Synapse units, Gravid, that puts a Termigant token oh, into play. Yes. So then I'm I'm putting Termigant tokens into play at, during almost every phase of the game, and with Gravid and Swarmlord, I think that's I think that pairing is overkill. You're not. There were there were plenty of times where I couldn't put a token into play. Mm -hmm. right? Oh, really? So oh, so. Um, yeah, at least a half a dozen times in each of those. There's two games where I just maxed it out. Just too much. So, so that would be a good setup if, like, you, you it's going to be a short game, but you pick your warlord. You have your warlord, and you pick your synapse unit long before you see the planet. Like right, that. right, right. That's interesting. If you could pick the synapse unit. Oh boy! Well, yeah, that'd be, that'd be a little <laughs> that'd much. That'd be a little <laughs> much. Yeah, that'd be what's called broken. Um, but yeah, we played a great game, and then you you come out, and I thought I had you. I thought I had you. Like, oh, we'll hit you for three, and you're like, he has brutal now, and I'm gonna kill your warlord. And I'm like, no. Did, so did you guys go go tyrant into tyrant into tyrant? Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, there we go. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. played the swarm lord, and I play I played I, old one eye. Yeah. And old one eye has a a signature event 
mm-hmm. that gives him, gives him the warlord or the synapse unit brutal. Yeah, and of course he can be for the next attack or for the next for the entire phase. I don't know what, but I attack first. Did three to a synapse unit, which was the warrior prime. Mm-hmm. So it, it's a two five. It takes three. So now it's going to hit for five next time. Or well, I didn't know this. Yeah, <laughs> I'm about to kill a synapse unit. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm drooling. And he go, I go three. And he goes, five, and you're bloodied warlord, you die. And I'm like, yeah, I don't have any shields in my hand. I, five yeah, is a bit rough. <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. It just yeah, pulled it, it right out of his back. And you can't, the, the thing with that is, I didn't even know that card existed, <laughs> right? So, I mean, I had the cards, and I, and I cognitively, I probably would have remembered. But it was so exciting because I didn't know the card existed, which is exactly why you want to play some of these games blind. You're like, okay. What it does? What? Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, I had to admit I was looking at this and, and it was kind of setting up. And I, I sent my I sent my my uh, synapse unit because we were all all seven planets were exposed, right? Um, yeah, we were on planet planet five, four or five. At that point, we had three or four planets left. Yeah, yeah, because I think there's only three because we were at or, or maybe maybe planet four because. It was, yeah, I had sent my synapse unit there, and you had committed your warlord. I'm looking at this card. It's called Ferocious Strength. It's a one-cost event, and it's a power action. Your warlord or synapse unit you control gains brutal until the end of the combat round. And yeah. it's it's old one eyes, one one of his signature events. And so I'm I'm looking at it, and I'm realizing I'm like, wait a minute, his warlord's going to hit for three. And I can shield, or <laughs> and, and, and I didn't know if you had. I didn't know what stuff you had. In your I have hand. one shield. Yeah, I survived one, anything in your hand. And I'm like, oh, you know, because because if if you could shield it, then I was gonna. Re- I think I could shield the rest of the damage to keep my synapse unit alive and, and retreat them. Oh, okay. You know. Oh, and you, of course but, you were saying it's the it's the it's the synapse one there because obviously if it's coming onto old one eye, that's an interesting call. I will take the hit. I will hit you, and then I will untap. <laughs> yeah, and, exhaust then, and, and then old one eye's ability is 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 uh, that uh, when he when, when he, he readies, yeah, when he readies, he heals half his damage. Now it's not every time; you only can do it once. Mm-hmm. But then his signature units can transfer two damage that they take. They're only three one units, but they can da- transfer up to two damage that they take over to old one eye. Yeah, so, so that's a, two damage that's assigned to them. They can yeah. reassign to old one. Yeah. yeah. And boy, uh, I was about to say let's let's talk about some of these Tyranid cards because people are gonna, <laughs> people are gonna you won't believe it, but one of the best cards I feel in this whole pack you're gonna see it and you're gonna gloss over it. you're not even gonna think about it you're gonna be looking at all these units all this other stuff it's gonna be it's an attachment it's a one cost attachment called regeneration it's a condition ah, attached to an army unit limit one per unit attached okay. unit gets two hit points okay great action exhaust this attachment to remove two damage from the attached unit. And you, until we played this card, <laughs> it was it was like okay, yeah, all right, well, you know, we're playing with everything in here. Let, let me put some regeneration on her. Until we played with because it was card, one shield, yeah, because <laughs> that's basically why you put it in there. But but oh, holy crap, yeah, when as you an can, action, as an action, not a combat action, not a deep play action, just an action. So if all he has to do is survive. Yeah, and you can heal him by two. For you two. you exhaust the yeah you exhaust the regeneration. You heal him by two, you know, and it's just all of a sudden you know this unit you're thinking is gonna should be going away should be popping away. He, they were t- incredibly tough to kill. 
I think the, the I think the, the the warning is in the wording there because all, all I know both you guys have and all three of us have played magic before and we all know how regenerators is a pain in the backside there. Yeah. And this adds two adds two health that you can heal. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's it's actually, yeah. He gets plus two hit points. And so you can heal that it. three one unit the what three one signature unit for old one eye right all of a sudden there are three three. Yeah, and they can bounce. heal too. And can ricochet too. Yeah, and, they can ricochet and that, too and that really one. actually I mean, it's, gives it's old. Insane. It really gives old one eye actually two extra hit points. Well, you, it's an army unit, right? No, no, no. I'm saying this because of this condition on his on his signature unit, right? Because the signature unit being three one, as soon as they take damage, you got to move damage over to old one eye. Right, mm-hmm. right, yeah. right. This this thing being on on it, you don't have to do that immediately. All of a sudden, yeah. those yeah. units, it is a proxy those unit, health. those units become three three. Now you're like, oh, okay, great. I'll go ahead. And I'll I'll take the two. I won't move the two over because you're maybe you're work figuring. Okay, he's gonna move the two over, and I'm gonna bloody old one eye. Right. Nope. No. Yeah. I'll I'll put I'll leave the two yeah. on this guy. The and if you don't involved. kill him, if you don't try to, if you try to get him again, okay, that one I'll move over. I'll mm-hmm. hit him again. Okay, that one I'll move over. I'm yeah. now seeing the reason for this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the ecstatic seizures <laughs> yeah. has also gotten so the yeah, regeneration. There's there was a yeah. cut, uh, the yeah. gentleman on Red Eye uh, on Reddit. On Reddit, posted right. his his uh, deck, and I said, and what part of my advice was? Oh, by the way, regeneration is a good card. <laughs> like, and I said Evil. almost exactly verbatim what you said in, in preamble, which is this might be the strongest card in the pack. Like, and in, you're in not going to look at, you're not going to like, oh, you know, I mean, there, there's tournaments in here that are a ten ten. Yeah. Or a tyranid that's a 10 10 or the heavy venom throat cannon. 7 7, yeah. Uh, the yeah, 7 yeah. 7, yeah. yeah. You know, you're gonna think it's like regeneration. You're gonna love it. <laughs> yeah. No matter when you draw it, you're gonna be like, I got a regeneration. <laughs> you are screwed. <laughs> well, and that's the thing as well. I mean, we all love the big scary units, but we know how card games go. It's never those that become the crux of something. It's it's one resource with yeah. two major effects, one of which you can trigger when you want, whenever you like. Yeah. yeah, this card has to be good, basically, unless the, unless the ability is completely useless. Well, one thing that <laughs> the, one thing the Trigon does, I put the I, I put the Trigon in play twice for five. This the Trigon is the ten costed unit, the seven seven three command yeah, icons. Yeah, that's why I thought he was a ten ten. He's a seven he's, seven, but he's, he's 10 a ten costed unit, seven seven three command icons, and but when you deploy him, you can reduce his deploy cost by X, where mm. X is the number of a the highest planet, number. Yeah. Of termagant tokens you have at any one planet, and it doesn't have to be the planet you uh, you deploy him to. So I played the Trigon twice for five. That's awful. In the old Swamlord, he has not ever attacked anything. <laughs> <laughs> well, because um, I'm fairly sure I, the, the Trigon for five, good game. Yeah, that's that's yeah, that's the that's the target of uh, uh, Archon's Terror. Uh, you know. The the the, uh, the inquisitorial oh fortress. And everything. I don't think you, you but you is can't he, Archon's Terror him because he's he, elite. Ah, well. Uh, yeah. So I, wait, wait, is Archon's Terror unique or elite? Oh, I don't know. I, I can't uh, remember. I thought it was non-elite because the whole elite versus elite argument about them being mm. meaningful, you know. Yeah, but um, one of the things we'll take a break. Th- there's the <laughs> indescribable horror, right? Which is the signature event from Swarmlord. Which is a uh, Archon's Terrorist. You route a unit for two costs. You route a unit that has printed cost equal to or lower the number of Tyranid units you have in play at the planet. Yeah. So it's Jeez. so it's a better, uh, more efficiently costed um, Archon's Terror. Well, it can target most with the appropriate setup. Can target most units. So. Right. 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 Um, so yeah, Ecstatic Seizures is one that's good. Getting some uh, discussion. Uh, it's a two-cost event from Chaos. So this is a non-Tyranid card, of course. So it's a Chaos card, one shield. 
That's a selenage power. Uh, discard each attachment from each unit at a target planet. So you can pop this down and follow it up with a, uh, if you have five resources, you can follow it up with a warp, with storm. A warp storm to do some damage. But it, it, for two, it gets rid of um, all the attachments at a target planet. So it's a lot of good targets. It's, yeah, do you pay two? I mean, I pay two to get rid of some of the signature attachments. Oh yeah, easily. Woo, I right? Like, iron rifle. boom, iron rifles. But how much do you pay? Do you? At what point does it become not enough? Right. So, so, at what point is the two not worth it? Maybe one iron rifle. Would you pay two to get it, rid of one iron rifle? Uh, it depends. Yeah. I mean, the, the, it's it's one of those. So it's, so it can be situational. Those, that's those uh, that's my point. It's, yeah. it's a little yeah. bit situational. The, the drone. Three of them. Gun drones. Gun drones yeah. goes. Gun drones yeah. get up. Go away. I'll pay two for that. Yeah. You joking? Yeah. 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 Two is atrocious. Yeah. yeah. Talisian blade or iron halo. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Particularly yeah. the blade itself. The blade is is lethal. You know. Yeah. Right. You know, I mean, I mean. So then, so then, and and as almost a counter to ecstatic seizures, is the repair bay. Now, a friend of mine who I met at Gen Con didn't like this card when. Uh, when they first saw it and was like, ah, yeah, what do you need? I don't need another Tau support. But um, quickly enough, she changed her mind uh, within 24 hours. So deploy action. It's a one-cost support called Repair Bay. Uh, beautiful um, Tau machine thing. I don't know. I'm not the lore guy. What's X that? XV8 battlesuit. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I call it a beautiful machine thing. He says an XV8 battlesuit. Uh, technically a, um, a Shah's Lard XV8 battlesuit okay. from the ranking marking. Sorry. There you go, baby. <laughs> I used to play okay. Tau, so. so. So it's a Carl, deploy action. the mic. <laughs> Exhaust the support to place a drone or pilot card from your discard pile on top of your deck. So that drone card, the, hey, the recon drone, the... The gun drone, they go away. Oh, I'm going to pull this back up. Now, it's a deploy action, so you're not going to get it until you get, until you maybe draw for command, right? Mm -hmm. Draw on command struggles. But then in Tau, the thing I thought was like, well, then then I have ambush, or so ambush platform. I have it right back, and oh, yeah, look, see, my range guy has, has gun drones again. Boom, here you go, right? So Because you can, you can, you can... Put out the gun drones. You can deploy the gun drones with an ambush platform mm -hmm. before ranges. Yeah, because I, I was considering that. And I, I first glance, like, oh, Shadow Sun. Then I think, well, no, because Shadow Sun will call back drones from the trash pile anyway from the discard. Attachments, not yeah. necessarily not necessarily gun drones. Yeah. Gun drones aren't an attachment, right? Oh, that's right. When they're down there, so it's still helpful for that. Yeah, okay, right. that's fine. Yeah, because then because then you can use Shadow Sun's ability to apply it from as an attachment as an attachment mm -hmm. from when you play it. Okay, yeah, I get you. So okay, interesting. Um, but that that's this is a great. Synergy. This has some great synergy with some Tau stuff too. So, oh, yeah. um, and and Tau. I mean, I've been playing against a lot of Eldar. For those of you who have been watching our videos, Jason plays El uh, Baharoth a lot. So, I, I haven't played a lot of, against a lot of Tau lately. Um, but my guess is they're going to win some commands, <laughs> right? <laughs> they're going to win some command struggles, and you're going to get those drones and pilots back in your hand. And well, we have. And you can. And it's not unique. You can have multiples of them. So you can bring two pilots or two drones back, or a drone and a pilot, and so on and so forth. Yeah, and we have um, Ores here with the ability to ready when you discard an attachment from him, which is yep. amusing, yep. to say the least. Yeah, and you, so <laughs> it's a defense against the bad attachments. Mm -hmm. oh, heavy too, marker yeah. drones, mm -hmm. the suffering from oh, wow, the Dark yeah. Eldar suffering. The Dying mutation. 
Dire yeah. Mutation. Yeah, there that's you a go. big one too, actually. See, yeah. the card, oh. this is the best thing about this, is the card universe is getting big enough so that I can't remember every single card. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> you know, three months ago, I was like, boom, 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 I ran them off, but not anymore. So it's, it's I think this has been a great shot in the arm. I have noticed an uptick, not that Reddit itself is a mark of this thing, but I've noticed an uptick in activity on Reddit uh, as it pertains to this game. So um, I think the excitement is there. Now we just have to see the cards. Now, Gen Con gave three, four, five hundred of us who were lucky enough to be there a chance to buy those cards. We got them. We got home. We're playing with them. But we want to let everybody else get a chance at those cards too. So hopefully they'll, they'll hit the stores soon. I mean, we've, we've hit a dry spot. This happens with the, the living card stuff for people who play other games. Netrunner is one of the fortunate um, sufferers that doesn't often have big gaps, but the others have hit them. This is yeah. the way it rolls, but we're going right. to be hit with a tidal wave of stuff on this land. So. Yeah, and, yeah. and the, uh, the, the only time Netrunner, the biggest drought Netrunner had was uh, opening moves. Mm-hmm. Between creation and control and opening moves, where opening moves was where Jackson Howard came out. Mm-hmm. And that was, got released at Gen Con, and it didn't come out for a long time. That yeah. was the biggest drought. That, that Netrunner has yeah. had, and hopefully this is the biggest drought that Conquest will have. Right, well, so. supposedly, there's, I mean, there's rumors, nobody, of course, FFG can't confirm nor deny, but they, they say that people should have these by Worlds, that these should be legal for Worlds. Right, right, right. Well, well Worlds is still, you know, Worlds is still two months away, right? Yeah. Right, so, right, but... Yeah. I mean, I... I, 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 I I certainly hope so. I was going to say, I'll put my neck out here since it's my job to do this kind of thing and, and explain to people why that stuff isn't here. But I, I would be surprised not to see this before the end of September, okay. has been my estimate. Looking, looking at whatever else whatever else is hitting all that and the other things that are approaching and the, and the speed I expect of those, yeah, I would be shocked. And you were saying they had they had decent sized stacks of it, so they're not. Yeah, yeah. The, the production the production's just finishing ramp up to make to make sure, you know, mm. so. End of September. I hope so. It's near my birthday. So. <laughs> yeah, that's, it's always good to get new cards on your birthday, new, new right? Tyranids, please. Um, so, as far as how how they how do they play? Uh, it's a lot. I gotta say, I've played uh, I don't know half a dozen games. Um, there's there's a lot of thing involved. First and foremost, choosing the right synapse unit, a complementary mm-hmm. synapse unit um, is is important. Uh, I played. Oh, I've played Swarm Lord with. Uh, I played him with the Great Warrior Prime and Savage Warrior Prime. Sorry, and I played him with uh, the Gravid. Um, and I think that's it. Um, I played him with Gravid. I played him with uh, Savage Warrior Prime. And maybe, oh no, I played him with the Venethro Polluter as well. That's when I that's when I played you. I played it with him, and the Gravid the Gravid is too much too much with a uh, Swarm Lord. So um, he, he's the one that puts he's extra the one that puts, yeah he's the one that puts to, a Termagant token into play when he commits to the planet. If the planet is infested, he puts two into play. So a little so. cut in there. How easy have you guys been finding it? Or how how commonly are planets infested? How long do they stay infested when it's happening right now? In the last game that I played, I didn't put out my venomthrope, venom, toxic venomthrope, but the the two cost unit um, that has two command icons, and when he you win a command struggle at this planet, you infest it. If you, if it's already infested, instead of infesting it, you gain either a resource or draw a card. 
So he's like a rogue pirate, void trader combination to an, on an infested planet, right? If I don't get him into play, I think he might be one of the only ways in which I could, my deck could infest planets. Yeah, if you, that's what I found with the decks. If you don't build that mechanic into the deck, it doesn't. Okay, so yeah. it's a, it's a happen. It's a mechanic as a often as I Sorry. yeah as often as often as I thought it would. I thought, oh yeah, I'm going to be infesting planets left and right. Yeah. Not unless I actually really built part of the deck to do that. Um, and then then there's there's units that take advantage of having uh, if, if the planets infested, take advantage of it. So that that's that's yeah. great. And so. Um, and then, of course, it, it's interesting that the uh, to uninfest a planet, the opponent, uh, a non-Tyranid player, uh, has to once they, they win the battle there, they can choose. It's just a free action, basically. You can say, okay, we'll uninfest the planet. Right, right. That's but it's a window that they've inserted between the uh, between the end of combat and and the battle ability being triggered or not. Okay. Right. So you, that's the window you have to have it in. It's the phrasing in the. The phrasing in the rules is um, that planets that are, oh, sorry, a non-tiered player may choose to clear an infested planet, removing its infection token, after he wins a battle at that planet. The choice must be made before choosing whether to trigger the planet's battle ability. Okay, so, so technically same window, but must be chosen before triggering. Right, so okay. in, a, in, a, in worlds, yeah. you got to uninfest before triggering the battle ability. Mm -hmm. Right? So, um, but casual games, it's probably not going to matter too much. <laughs> and remember, whenever a planet goes out of play, it becomes uninfested because it's gone. Because yeah. you've, you've conquered yeah, it. So it's become uninfested. Yeah, to, to summarize that, it's like infesting is a, is a tactic. It's not a, it's not a specifically tyranny thing that every tyranny deck is going to be doing. It's, it's something you choose to do. It's like, yeah, it's like yeah. taking counsel in, in, in Dark Elder or whatever. You know. The first yeah. couple ones I was playing with Old One-Eye, where I, I played with the Savage Warrior Prime. Um, he's, a, he's the bigger one out of the Synapse units. He's the 2-5. That when he commits to the, he has to commit to a planet different than the Warlord of Fable. Um, and then while checking for battle, you know, I, I assume, I don't assume that he's, oh, he's just like my warlord. No, it's only when checking for a battle and determine an initiative at the planet this unit is considered to be a warlord, unless the enemy planet's at the warlord. The reason being that's important is because uh, for some reason I was thinking, he's just like my warlord, I will win, and I will win command at that planet. No, he has nothing nope. to do with yeah, command. Sure. He has no command icons either. And on that basis, I noticed the stalking Lictor with two command icons, which I was yeah. trying to figure out why, why he was good. I'm like, oh, okay, two command icons. The two not, command icons. Not, un, not non, unmeaningful, you know? Yeah, you could, you could be sending him. And I was looking at him, and, and one of the decks I'm going to be building, um, I don't know which warlord. I might actually wait for uh, the new warlord to come out to see if that's really if he's really more effective with this guy, the gene with the, all the gene stealer tricks. But the lictor is. I'm planning on using him either solely that I can sneak it out at a planet where my opponent might be thinking he's got bonus bonuses coming from mm -hmm. void pirates mm -hmm. or rogue traders. Mm -hmm. It's like either throw this out and I'm going to win command, or I'll throw this out and and I'll at least nullify. Mm -hmm. What they're going to get, yeah. And I can, and he's not, and he doesn't stay there, obviously, because he's going to return back, back to HQ. So I, you know, you can put him out in various, various different things. That's the interesting thing too. You have to remember that, or if there's the a planet where I'm going to win extra stuff, coming back with the Savage Warrior Prime is going to be natural because you're going to finish a battle there, and then he's going to come back, yeah. right? But all the rest of these guys, the battle doesn't necessarily trigger where they are. So they have the mm -hmm. rules. They have rules in the in the. In Great Devourer, it says, if they haven't returned by the end of the combat phase from wherever they are, they go back to yeah. HQ. Yeah. Right. Well, so well, does does he does he get sent back as, as at the end of the battle if he's well if he's involved in a battle? 
It's a natural oh, no. thing to send him back because he's involved in a battle. Maybe yeah, the warlords are over here, yeah. and he's he's triggering a battle, so you have a battle over here. So yeah. either, either he retreats or he wins and he comes back, right? He what? would he would return when a warlord well, would return oh, after a battle. I think that's over. what Carl's no, talking about. He's not about. a warlord. He doesn't come. He doesn't. But yeah. but that's what I'm saying. Right, so right. He well, would return. He wouldn't. Re he'd stay at the planet though until the end of the phase. No, even after the battle. Oh, it's in the rules for after it? as the last step before the combat phase. Okay, so after battle ends, a synapse unit at that planet returns to HQ at the same right, time. That's what I was asking. Okay, okay, I was going to put the text on there. I have. I, I should. I should make clear to everyone. I am the least informed about this, and I haven't. I haven't looked at a damn thing. And right. I've got, this is my first. No, look that, at the that, that does that does make so, a difference okay. here because there are the planets, you know, triggering to do a point of damage at HQ if you win it, mm -hmm. or adjacent planet, or just you know warp storm. Mm -hmm. yeah, you can yeah, only hit the them. planet or the, or HQ. If this guy stayed at the planet, that could affect it differently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But no, no, no. So he would, he, he'd have to go He back. would return. Any, yeah. any, any warlord, any synapse unit that that's, that's at the planet at the end of a battle at that planet returns to HQ. I see. Right? Okay. Um, and, then, and then, but any others that aren't in a battle, they return at the end of the combat phase. So okay. um, one of the things I was thinking just then, because you were talking about um, Subject Omega, um, I wonder if there's a new synapse. Well, Brad has, is on the record as saying more synapse units are coming. Okay. I'm wondering if that'll be the case. Every warlord will come with a, a synapse because if he brings a gene stealer synapse unit with him, oh, that guy's going to get nasty. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. My my guess is that, like like with other warlord war packs, right? If you get a warlord, if you got Ragnar, mm. you don't get anything else for that for that faction, right? In a pack where you got get a warlord for faction A, you don't get any more cards yeah. for faction A. You get the warlord his signature stuff, and then that's it, right? So I, my guess would be that Synapse units, oh, and this is just a guess, yeah. speculation for the uh, purpose of discussion. My, my guess is that in what looks below, you're going to get the signature units, the Warlord, and nothing else, yeah. right? And then you're gonna, you might get a Synapse unit in, in another pack. And fair enough. Somewhere I'm just wondering if they, if they consider a, a Synapse creature intended for that Warlord to be part of his stuff. It's an interesting... If, if, uh, have, they, have they designed... Are they going to design warlords to go with particular? Is it possible to do a warlord with a synapse that basically this is his synapse creature? It, com it comes in his pack. I think both of those are reasonable. I guess we'll see. Yeah, the indications from this are no. Yeah, but we'll see. Right? There's yeah. no. There's no clear, cl like. You'd think Gravid would be. It would be clear that Gravid would go with Swarmlord, mm -hmm. but. Well, I mean, yeah. This is well. This is the large box options too. You know, right. is the thing. You could you could consider some of these to be the neutral. Synapses, as it were, you know, stalking Lictor is it has no particular um, connection with anyone else. He's just right, I want exactly, command icons, exactly, you know. Exactly. Yeah, so you know, but obviously, and I, I know what you're saying you would you would immediately connect um, the the Gravid with Swarmlord, but then realize that's a bit much, and maybe maybe let it be. Yeah, this is the one actually. I like like the look of the Zoran for quite. A yeah, lot. he's he's cool. I haven't tried him. I, I probably will do it next because I I have not won this tournament yet. I've played five, four or five games. I haven't won once. So. <laughs> But yeah. John did beat me playing his Tyranids, so... Yeah. So Tyranids have won. Tyranids have won. Tyranids have won. When it's Tyranids on Tyranid action, but then, I'm, you know, Tyranids have to win. I have, a lot of, I have a lot of small units. I don't have a lot of big ones. Even when I bring out the big one, he gets taken care of uh, in some fashion or another. So maybe I need... Maybe I got to look at my uh, uh, hit point curve, attack curve, so that they're attacking for a little bit more. Well, I think so. the Swarm Lord is, go is going to fall victim to the same thing we did with early Kith in the fact like, aha, I'm just going to have a whole bunch of stuff out. And it's like, well, yeah, but if it's little units, there's ways now and enough ways to take care of that. Mm -hmm. uh, but then again, you can see the counters in here. There's plenty of, there's plenty of the units that support 
um, termagants. I mean, oh yeah, horrifyingly tough. The plus two hit points to all of them, plus one attack. That one, yeah. that one made that one made a big difference in one game because all of a sudden my area effect was no longer enough to wipe the planet. Yeah, I would, so, I, would I would without seeing those guys, I would immediately be saying yes, you should be AOEing everything. But when they've got three health. Yeah, it's a little tough to come up with sometimes. Yeah, and then it can have range, but then it can have plus one attack. But then what you do is you go after the unit that gives them that. Exactly. So that's what happens, right? Right. So I had a unit, I had five termagant tokens, or four or five termagant tokens, and I had the one that gives them plus one, Mm -hmm. the strangler brood. So I got to attack with a one, two, I got to attack with a one, two, I got to attack with a two, one, two, one one termagant. He attacked for two on the brood. I attacked with a two, one brood. He attacked for one on the brood, killed the, c- killing the brood. I didn't have shields, couldn't protect him. And then all of a sudden, my termagants are one once again. But this so is where you come back to regenerate as well. Right. <laughs> Re- I mean, yeah, to yeah. Re- regenerate on those, core, yeah. on those core units. And that's wonderfully thematic anyway. Um, but I, I, it, the, kind of the complexity also comes in. So, so deck building, the synapse unit is, is, prim- is, is really important. Mm-hmm. It's pretty... And you won't know until you've played a few games whether it was a good choice or not. <laughs> um, the next piece is committing both of them. I have like you, you instead of committing one warlord one place, you commit a second. You like it's it's oftentimes I'm overwhelmed and I'm going. I well I don't know. Do I want to? And it's based on your synapse unit. Do you want to trigger a ballot there if you're playing with Savage Warrior Prime? Do you want to, where do you want to trigger two battles? If you're playing with Stalking Lictor, where do you want to win command? But maybe have him die in a battle in a subsequent battle, because there might be he might your opponent might send his warlord. his warlord there. The level of complexity is ratcheted up, uh, ex- I think exponentially. Real honestly, um, it's too. just like you're going what? And a couple of times, and so for those of you who haven't seen the 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 dial, the double dial has the warlord designation on the left and the synapse unit designation on the right I would advise that while sitting on the table the warlord is on the left and the synapse unit is on the right because I had to switch (laughs) once and then it was switched to my brain and I sent them to the different places and I ended up like Horribly, horribly screwing that turn. <laughs> the, um, the, 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 the X-wing players will um, will uh, sympathise. There's a, a classic game on the X-wing stuff of my ship is pointing this way. Because in the X-wing miniatures game, if people don't know, you choose a, a direction you're going to turn from a selection of options, yeah. and obviously those are based on your current headings. So you keep doing this game of I'm going to carefully align my. Yeah. Okay. You know, he's pointing towards me, so now I'm confused. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know. So. War-wise, though, Tyranids, you were saying... What, what, um, the fun, one of the fun parts about the Tyranids with the setting is we only know so much about them. Mm-hmm. They are the, the, we, we probably know more about Chaos than we do about the Tyranids, which is kind of the fun part. They're a life form from outside the galaxy, so they're not, not, literally not of this world, or even worlds we're familiar with. Um, first contact with them was an ocean world called Tyran, hence their name, um, which they consumed happily. That was the, the, they form massive fleets... Um, of organisms, they essentially they're one they're one living thing. Mm-hmm. They're all the same the same genetically related species that operates as a whole. They have a shared um, shared consciousness linked by linked by psychic effects, the synapse. That's the psychic link forming a hive mind. So okay. they literally operate as one living thing. From the non queens, the kind of queen ant things that produce every single of the tyranid, right down to ripper swarms and the spores, they're all linked together. Um, Ripper swarms. Oh, do they turn up in the cards? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Cool. I was. I, I, I was going to say they should do. Yeah. Ripper swarm is one of the cool cards too. It's a zero cost unit. One 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 command icon. It is limited though. 
hope of Jesus. Hope but it's, that was awesome. I, I looked at that, and I remember saying to Brad, really? Really? <laughs> this is Ripper Swarm? Really? And he's like, yay! We'll, 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 we'll get to him in a second as we, as we descend down. Yeah, so the, the first major um, in, the first major encounter we got, apart from one or two scattered ones, was the Planet Tyrant encounter with High Fleet Behemoth, as it was called. One big, major, massive Tyranids, yeah? Um, they slammed into the um, to Ultramar and the Ultramarine's home planet, leading to the um, battle for Macrag and the Ultramarine's taking an enormous bloodying, and I think the only time we've successfully driven off a High Fleet period. Every other time the, the Tyranids have backed off or been stymied, uh, actual High Fleet was defeated and driven off. So the wow. Ultramarines have that have that honour. Um, that's why, for example, you may notice that veteran uh, Barbaros here has a Ultramarine, um, uh, what do you call it, a veteran marker on his shoulder. Oh, the Ultramarines okay. have, have Tyranid hunting specialists. They're the people who they're the Marines that have fought fought them the most. Period. Oh, they're, very they're, cool. Yeah, they're, 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 yeah, he's part of the Death Watch. So he's he's a he's a part of an Inquisition formed group of Marines that are specialized to fight. Xenos, when they join when they join the Death Watch, they're uh, assigned to this force, but they keep some marker from the previous chapter. Oh. And the two-headed specialists are generally Ultramarines. Yeah, yeah. So the art when you all see this, he is, he is a bad. <laughs> he the is the a Death bad Watch ass. is scary. He he is suitably nasty. Yeah. So yeah, High Fleet Behemoth hits, disappeared off, and then returned in the form of High Fleet Kraken, which are lots of small tendrils. Which now we've seen the main way that Tyranids operate. They can travel faster than light through real space. They don't seem to like the warp a whole lot. Really? Well, yeah. They have <laughs> that seems counterintuitive, but okay. Well, they're all organic. And we know what the warp likes doing to organic matter. Okay, okay, gotcha. And, and, they yeah, and they're of, crunchy and taste good. Yeah, well. say, yeah, you know, they have, yeah, basically. And they have small, fairly weak-willed parts of themselves mm -hmm. that if you cut them off from the, from the, from the hive mind, as we know, are, are not autonomous. So you can imagine the horrifying thing that would happen if they decided to pop through the warp. <laughs> so chaos guards are just like, ooh, yeah. snacks. And hey, maybe the warp doesn't work well between galaxies. These things are from elsewhere, so who knows? <laughs> they have little lead ships that pull them along as it happens. But yeah, they travel. Okay, so they travel faster than light like, through, through, real through space. real real space, relatively slowly. No one near as fast as the warp. They slowly encroach. They project something known as the warp shadow ahead of them because they're one big psychic block. They they cause warp storms. Um, planets and systems will generally get some forewarning as they move in and the Astronomicons tend to get driven away. There's a suggestion that the reason the Tyranids are here is they heard the Astronomicon from outside the um, galaxy. So whoops Imperial. Oh. I'm afraid you may have called, you may have called down this thing. And they Great are move man. <laughs> yeah, Great afraid, so. move. We're all dead man. We're all dead. <laughs> so yeah they, they come in they, they find some form of life. They come into a occupied occupied um, um, a occupied system they approach the nearest planet. They'll hit the atmosphere. They'll hit the orbit and start dropping spores. They generally travel in huge or organisms called hive ships, which are big living creatures that house everything else. After all, they promoted major spore. Right? Major spore, yeah, major, they promoted major, it. Or major, spore. major spore now. Sergeant, yeah, Sergeant I was about to say he's major really he's, he's been <laughs> double promoted. <laughs> major spore, right up to Colonel. There you go. He's been doing well so far. You know, yeah. or you could you could promote the Ripper Swarm, like limited. In the next turn, limited. <laughs> you know, they just keep playing limited cards. Modern, 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 modern major Ripper Swarm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. Um, oh, that's major Swarm. Oh, no, yeah, mate, this is going to get worse, isn't it? Yeah. So yeah, they, okay. they, they hit. Sorry, they hit the orbit of a planet. They drop the mycetic spores you'll have heard of. Mm -hmm. This is the awful bit because they exist from the biggest scale down to the tiniest. The spores are here to infect what they can, break down, start break, start accelerating decomposition process. Level, that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, well, that, well, we we get to that a bit. This is they break down, they start decaying things. Basically, they want to mm. get in, start. They want to work like fungus, and they want to make everything break down because they're gonna they're gonna harvest every last thing here. Yeah. Period. Um, that's the first point there. Then the major they'll choose a landing site using the spore drop pod style things. The 
I think those are the mycetic spores themselves that impact down and break up into the tyrannid organisms and that will scale up and scale up to the point where um, essentially everything that tyrannids send down isn't a combat unit it's a harvester it's there to hunt and break down uh, to, to break down and harvest everything that's there so if, it, if it's fighting back it needs to be armed so they, they have hunting units, you have lictors, you have termigans, Every, the entire deterioration thing is just here to consume. It's not really a battle to them, and, uh, and, they, and they rely purely on numbers. They rely, they rely on, like, I'm expecting 50 to 1 odds, and more, and to keep doing this. Eventually, generally, they win, because there's not a whole lot that you can hold, to do you can hold them, hold them off. Um, they break down all the um, organic mass, they drain off oxygen, they drain off the oceans. Here's one of the, the, the fun parts. Once all major opposition is gone, there's pretty much nothing to oppose them, the Ripper Swarms are sent down. The Ripper Swarms consume everything, including the Tyranids that got sent down. Everything, everything is broken down into constituents, parts, and sent back to the hive ships for reprocessing. Yeah. The Tyranids that go down, they, they are it's it's just efficient. Why 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 spend the effort to send them back up in big chunks when we can just reconstitute them and send them back up <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty messed up. It's impressive. They, Good news, Jimmy. Yeah. You're going back to the ship. <laughs> Bad news, <laughs> Jimmy. <laughs> well, ma Major Spore, we would like we'd like to inform you that your 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 your, your commander's come to an end. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, and they, but they take everything: oxygen, liquids, everything they can use. Uh, you, were, we were talking about the Promethium mines. Promethium mm -hmm. is basically petrochemicals. That's organic. They take it. They take the whole lot, and on they go. They're huge space locusts. And honestly, in terms of the setting, we've stopped them once. Period. And then they changed their tactics, and we haven't stopped them since. Well, it's good. To, it's good to know they've stopped me a couple times. <laughs> <laughs> well, truly. Yep. But yeah, they they are they are like the the most. And you know they're, they're meant to be insectoid and alien and different and, and, and awful to us, but they act in completely unfathomable manners. They're, as far as they're concerned, they're going to slowly eat the Milky Way and move on. Pretty, it's grim, grim, grim dark, grim dark future. Wow, it's you know, <laughs> the way it way, goes. Way to yeah. kill a morning, girl. Yeah, no, <laughs> some of the, some of the in, a nice day out. <laughs> briefly, oh, you, I should tell you about the sci-fi novel I've been reading. Trust me, this is nothing. Anyway, um, uh. One of the interesting bits when they're mentioning the um, subject Omega is if we get into the, the the history of the game as a game, as a setting, they were one of the first things to turn up. The Tyranids were mentioned in the first original Road Trader book, which is the original like 40k Bible, the very first like pretty much almost a role-playing game, let alone a miniatures game. They were mentioned as existing in pretty much the form we'd recognize, but almost no detail. Before that was Space Hulk, the board game that involves the Gene Steelers. A little while after the original release of the game, the Gene Steelers were kind of slightly um, retrofit to be early Tyranid infiltrators. Tyranids are aware that you know brute force doesn't always work, so they send ahead Gene Stealer forces. Gene Stealers are your aliens from Alien. They can implant other things with genetic material. Oh. Form, the genetic material yeah, forms a controlled okay. cultist. It starts um, who basically. <laughs> so let me put it this way. Um, as it puts it, has the urge to mate. I will leave that right there. But they go off and breed other, other, other types themselves. The children they have are gene stealer hybrids because of the genetic um, legacy, shall we say, they're carrying. Oh, okay. The gene stealer hybrids are regular tyranids. They start to project the hive mind, the synapse, and they call in the tyranids. So that, okay, that ties in with some of the stories that I was exactly. reading. Exactly. Um, yeah. In that Brotherhood of the Snake book you gave me mm -hmm. to read, um, the main guy in there, Priyad. They talk about some of the things that his chapter has done, the Iron Snakes, against. Uh, what does he mention out of interest? Gene Stealer cults or just. Yeah, Gene, yes. yeah, Gene Stealer cults. Yeah. And, I, and that's why I started thinking, I was like, wait, if the Tyranids can't work with anybody in the, in the game setting, 
right? Because they basically everything to them is is an hors d'oeuvre. Right. How? Why are there freaking cults? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Who, who would you worship know. them? Yeah, the exactly. Simple. They don't. They yeah, no. no okay, that makes so yeah. much more sense. And that's now. The, the interesting <laughs> part of that, of course, is that they'll implant multiple people, so they have fairly regular looking humans there's almost no physical change to the humans apart, yeah. from this, apart from this wish to go and spread the word as it were directly um, they get many many more of them they can prep the planet they can cause problems they can essentially be terrorists they can infiltrate governments all the while building the physical side of things yeah that's what happened that's what happened in fleet. one of the yeah matter of fact also even going back into the the space marine the the treacheries of the space marine so they were talking about all the chaos the Marines that went to chaos, the short, the anthology uh-huh. I was reading, mm-hmm. right. um, going back into Tactical Squad Constantine, they first initially went to the planet to wipe out a Tyranid menace, mm-hmm. and then, and it, it's funny, or not funny, but, you know, they were all, you know, for the Emperor, and, you know, brother this and brother that, and then, after the Tyranid menace is wiped out, they get a message that there's also now there's signs of cult activity mm-hmm. and i was thinking oh geez cult activity no gene stealer cult activity You're is like, what it, and what? it was the whole ruling family so then they start doing that and that's kind of what leads them to prosecute the whole planet and then the tactical squad constantine going hey you know we need to we need to take over the planet for this to be truly in, yeah in truly area. done and and you know through the years of warfare that it takes for them for these 10 guys to do it eight Mm-hmm. Because they lose two in the initial Tyranid menace, they get to the point where then four of them. And I was asking you about uh, uh, squads that split and all that kind of stuff. I reread mm-hmm. the story, and what happens is he, they don't fight other squads at the planet for the Tyranid menace or during the cult activity. The squad splits; four stay loyal, and four become warped. So the interesting part about that is you probably know the chronology of event, event of, of events, which is Dean Seals got onto the planet, implanted someone in the royal family. Formed ruling family, formed a gene stealer cult, which will have birthed hybrids, which have then started to project the the synapse, the the beacon, the psychic beacon that will call them the Tyranids. Okay, so that's pro- ah, probably ah. that's probably the course of events. There's nothing to say that gene stealer. Yeah, no, be, I mean, but that's, that's normally how they're used, and that's the fun part about space hulks. The idea is that the very very earliest part of the Tyranids got caught on these things. Would would um, we know the Tyranids go dormant if they if they get separated from the hive mind or they're sent out as scouts, they'll find somewhere and, and camp out there. So, and remember, space hulks drift through the warp and pop out at random places. Right. And so they pop out, right. and the Gene go, "Oh, hey, look and, at that! Inhabited the planet." Right. <laughs> and that's the theme of the war pack. That, that, exactly. So that the Omega Warlord was part of the space hulk. Was in the space hulk. The big one that the Cornate Warlord right. is. Okay. In. Well, right. well, the um, What's it called? the name of the third one, third planet is, or the name of Dead, the third war pack is Dead. Uh, Deadly Salvage. Deadly Salvage. That's got to be Space Hulk. Yeah, that's the, yeah, that's, yeah, that's, yeah. It, that's it. Turning up yeah. and people fighting over it because that's very common. These things are ain't. Oopsie. These things are huge. So material-wise, they can be worthwhile. They can be ancient. So they can be technology and artifacts. Right. Wow. Well, it just makes me interested to see yeah. what else is going to be coming out of yeah. that war pack. Yeah, it's cool. It's because, a good narrative. You know, a good narrative. I mean, if, I don't know if you notice the, the the starting thing of what lurks below talks about the space hulk crashing down on on Sasselum. Yeah. Itself. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's where I. That's, yeah. That's where I got. Yeah. There is that. That's interesting. It's actual narrative to the sector, which is cool because the Traxxas sector itself in the setting is brand new. It's written mm-hmm. for, for. Right. And, and remember what Brad told us in the interview is that is in episode ten that the first war pack was the first. Sorry, the worst. The warlord cycle was all established characters somewhere in the mythos. Mm-hmm. These characters are all brand new. These warlords are all brand new to the mythos. So yep. cre- created by FFG for the purposes of this game. Yeah, FFG and Games Workshop, of course, yeah. right? So so uh, what this shows is 
FFG's commitment and ability to execute a well-thought-out, universe-founded theme. This is interesting. And packs. To, 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 to derail and but say roughly on the same path as well, this is interesting to me because of the... If any of you follow the second edition Game of Thrones, they mentioned how the packs on that are going to roughly follow and be linked to the early parts of the book, A Song of Ice and Fire, that it's based on. Mm-hmm. So we're now getting narrative-heavy... I mean, we've seen this in Netrunner to a degree as well, with the recent things popping up. They've been exploring the world and talking about themes. So now we're getting, yes, yeah, strong narrative lines going through this. Right, well, and which I think... Which is awesome. I can't yeah. think of a card game and, that does that and right I th- now. And so. I think that's... I th- that's a that's a indication that FFG has learned what makes their games best. Yeah. I mean, Netrunner is yes, Game of Thrones second was the top seller at Gen Con, and before that, Conquest was the top selling LCG, and before that, it was Netrunner. Netrunner is uh, still tops in their LCG. Why? Because they have control of the universe, so they get to create the universe as they're creating the cards. Yeah. In Game of Thrones and in Warhammer in Conquest, they're, they're, they don't have quite that freedom, but they've learned the benefits of having that tie. And it, the benefits of having that tie is games that people are seriously committed to. Like, emotionally, psychologically, like, they get day job. They get these cards. They get these locations. And, and they're expanding well. It's, it's not just, it's, it's, I mean, you're, you're, you're bang on, but the other, other stage of that is they're then taking it on. They've, they've, both in the case of uh, the Android universe for Netrunner, they've taken their setting and go, hey, we know what we want to do with this. Let's make it interesting. Let's develop it out. Then they've gone to two existing properties like Conquest and like the like the, the Warhammer Forty Thousand universe in the case of Conquest, and then are, are developing this along. Let me say we can we can see a narrative. That's awesome. That's yeah. right. Awesome. And Games Workshop is smart to let realize how good FFG is. And, and I, from the interview, I seem to kind of remember that. Yeah, Games Workshop and FFG talk a, talk a lot and and. There's some approval, but they've almost given FFG carte blanche. Well, it all has to be approved, right? Yeah. So, right. So all well, the but, images but, and all that stuff. Has but to be everything, approved. everything that they've come with, you know, Games Workshop is love because they know that it's not only will I think Warhammer players maybe maybe come into Conquest. There always seems to be some some enmity between. Right. Well, people are. Oh, I, you know, I, I play real Warhammer. Yeah, okay, well, there's well, still, the, still the, I play real Warhammer guys. 40k. Have you guys run, run up across that? Of interest? Uh, I ran, I ran into that a little couple times at Gen Con, so uh, that was well. that was interesting. Ex- extreme end of the community. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, you know. yeah, well, yeah. Very yeah. few. Everybody else was kind of like, cool. You, what's this game? Or wow, yeah. I love that game. And you still have a couple people every once in a while. You'll see it pop up on online conversations or, or pop up in, at, at, at one of your game stores where they say, "Well, the Imperial Guard." Working with orcs just seems wrong. And you're like, well, you know, some some allowances have to be made. Well, well it's <laughs> funny. Mitch, kind of Mitch and I actually talked about that in my interview because we were talking about Broderick War. And we were saying, like, yeah, thematically it doesn't necessarily make sense, but mechanically it had to have that. Yeah. Well, to... to First of all, I'm going, to, I'm going to go into sci-fi apologetics, but two, 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 two responses to that. Mm-hmm. First one is, it's a card game. Right. You know, um... Uh, I'm trying to. I, I, a Netrunner one comes straight to mind. A, 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 a digital virus I'm currently playing gets hit with hit with physical damage and goes. Eh, I've had worse. That doesn't make a lot of thematic yeah. sense. Right. <laughs> it makes none. Yeah, but it's yeah, extremely yeah. effective yeah. for the deck and mechanically it works fine. Second fact is, well, we say this. We say the Imperium is completely xenophobic. We say the never ever. I can't possibly consider a situation of which. Oh wait, we're all going to die. The planet's all going to be destroyed. The only possible chance to save any part of it is to work with the Greenskins. 
okay, but we ain't gonna trust them. That's why we don't get the loyal units. Right. Stories are stories. Stories right, are far right. more complex than we ever make out. Right. And you're always gonna get the guy who is the orc player. That's the problem. The guard player probably has the, the, the sorry, beg your pardon. The Astra Militarum player is probably all, I'll work with orcs. I'm, we're human. We can corral them. We've got the big guns. We've got the tanks. Yeah. We can keep them to one side. It's the orc player going, stupid umies. He's the guy who doesn't want to work with the humans. I'll tell you now. You know, it's like, you know, it's, a, it's, it's a, to modify the old saying, you know, it's the Ultramarines versus the other chapters. It's the, yeah. it's the Adeptus Astartus versus the orcs. It's the, it's the rest of humanity, the rest of the organisms against the Tyranids kind of thing. Yeah. It's, yeah. I mean, it, that's, that's like them saying orcs and humans working together against something like chaos is far less concerning than the basis of the 40k setting which is space marines taking on space marines that's bad yeah <laughs> that's right, really right, really right. Re as we've proven that's really really bad in the well just imagine <laughs> some were chaos tainted just that's all yeah. Yeah, exactly <laughs> you know obviously, they don't know. obviously or gene stealer guys. tainted and they don't know it you know yeah. <laughs> you, could, you can come up with all kinds of things of course exactly you know. all right so we have uh some some of you have already noticed that we've started posting videos a uh, live gameplay videos we have a youtube channel so you can uh, link to that. Uh, if you just do a search for Tracks and Sector Warcast on YouTube, and you can check out our live gameplay videos, any feedback. I, I've been, I think I've posted three or four, um, and I'll just keep posting them regularly. I, I want to post games that don't feature me and Jason playing each other. Uh, so far, I think that there's three of them. I've got one in the that I'm working on now, so those will come up. So th those are just periodic things that we just want to add some uh, additional flavor to the community and make that make that available. So thanks to Team Covenant for hosting this Warcast and the Haunted Game Cafe for the recording space. If you would like to join the discussion, have ideas for future episodes, feedback, or questions for us, you can contact us at TraxitSectorWarcast at gmail.com, via our Facebook page or Twitter at TraxitSectorWC, or leave a comment in the episode's comment section. This episode was sponsored in part by Rocky Mountain PC. Thanks for listening. The Emperor protects. Modern Major Ripper Swamp. And the very model of a modern Major Ripper Swamp. Here we go, sir. I am the very model of a modern Major Ripper Swamp. Episode 14. I am the very model of a modern Major Ripper Swamp.